0: okay i would love to pray for sherry before she shares with us um for those who don't know we're in this season as a church looking at one body many parts it's incredible as i was saying when i started this series off just being ordained and the the rector or pastor here that so many churches spin or orbit around one person doing everything but we're so glad here that We are passionate about the body, and many people have been a part of that body, both yourselves and those who are on our staff, who facilitate what happens in the church. And Sherry is one of those people who actually facilitates and leads the worship ministry in our community here at the 1130, and such a powerful woman she is, a gracious woman, a gift to the church and a really significant part of our body. So I'd love to just pray for her before she speaks to us. Father, I thank you for Sherry, and I thank you for her heart for you. I thank you, Father, for her passion for your spirit, her love of music, how she loves people, and how she longs to see your kingdom come. Speak through her and in her, and may your glory fall, and may we grow as one body, many parts, as she speaks to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Hello, so much power. (laughs) Power, sorry. (laughs) Um, First of all, thank you so much, Rob, um, for asking me to speak. I'm so delighted to be able to share a little bit about um, my passion for worship but um, specifically within this sermon series of One Body, Many Parts. Um, I love being the worship pastor here. I'm sure you can probably tell that I have a very big passion for worship um, and I would just love to be able to um, work our way through some scripture um, with regards to song worship in our church. Um, I just riffed my first paragraph, so now I don't know what I've said, what I haven't said. So I've worked here for um, almost four years and I've grown significantly in my faith during that time. Um, However, it's only within the last year that I have begun to understand the impact and the importance of song worship, Um, rather than it just being me loving music and loving Jesus, actually it can have a greater impact on our faith. Um, Today I'm going to be focusing on one particular verse, which is Ephesians 4, verse 16, Um, it's from the New Living Translation, and it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Um, I'm specifically gonna be talking about that very last little nugget of gold at the end, um, which is that we're gonna be healthy, growing, and ultimately full of love. Um, if we look at that passage through the lens of sung worship, we can see um, that worship is one key part of the body within our community. We can see that in a Sunday as it's a, a core part of the time that we give up during our service. Um, I really believe that this part, um, being worship, can really enable the other parts of our faith to grow. Um, while engaging with this text, I will be using the word worship in reference to my role um, acknowledging that worship is how we live our lives it's much bigger than song worship but for this morning um, this this afternoon um, I'm going to be talking about song worship and the um, significance of our individual worship um, and the opportunity we have to grow in love when we come together in a space such as this. When we come together in worship it is imperative that we know the god that we are worshiping i sometimes think we take this for granted and we sing out lots of words that many people may not even be familiar with beginning with the truth of scripture helps us engage in worship with the correct focus we can posture ourselves towards praise by speaking and singing out the truths of who our god is just as in prayer it's wise to start praying by acknowledging the goodness of god This shifts our mindset from self-serving consumerist prayer and opens our eyes to the goodness already surrounding us. Within worship, for example, there's a couple of scriptures um, up there. When we're approaching worship, we often sing songs with words such as great is the Lord, holy is the Lord, um, you're the lover of justice, you're the creator of all things, Um, which for me, that last one, um, the creator of all things, means that God is the epitome of beauty, in the smallest detail of nature, um, I know that God is present in that. In Nehemiah 9, it says, you give life to everything. God is life and God is living right now. And in 1 John 1, um, this one I've been mulling over a lot since we did a community Bible study um, on 1 John, which says, God is light, in him there is no darkness. Um, Looking at that focus, so first, talking about the creator of all things, so in the little things, also in all of creation, um, but also the in him there is no darkness. So we have this picture of God who is bigger than anything we can imagine, but also cares about the tiny details of our lives. Um, one of the songs that I've written recently just has this lyric, the heavens can't continue, and your glory fills the earth, so that's the expanse of God. Um, But then the next lyric is, but you're present with each one of us, and that means through every single situation that we have. God is the God of the whole creation, but also chooses to dwell with each of us. And God is present, so we choose to be present too. In song worship, we have the opportunity to push into goodness, stating these truths together as one. This is why community is crucial, We may be singing out that God is good for those around us who can't see that yet or can't see that right now. We may be singing out that the light will always overpower the darkness, while others around us are struggling to see God in the midst of their suffering. Sometimes when I'm leading worship, I am in that place. I am struggling to know God in whatever is happening in my life. Sometimes I'm doubting whether I have worth or I'm just distracted by life's worries, by what has come before or by what's gonna come next. In those moments, I make my worship a prayer. Singing or speaking out, God is good, God is love, and God is here, as a plea to God. Please show me that you are good. Please fill me with your love and give me a sense of your presence. Help me to know, um, helping me to know that in the depths of my soul, that God is here and God is in everything. Um, So it may seem like our worship team is always in a really great place with God, but actually often we're, we're crying out as well for more of God in our own situations. So I've briefly shared why I believe song worship is valuable and how we can approach it in all seasons of life. Now I would love to go deeper into how song worship can be transformative to our faith. Song worship creates spaces through music and praise, which can help us to grow into fullness of love, individually first and as a family. I believe there are three key stages to growing in love, but as in all things faith-related, it's not an easy step-by-step plan. And for those of you who know me, know that I love lists, and I love organization, and I love an easy step-by-step plan to get from A to B. Unfortunately, um, I mean, it's a, it's a lovely thing that there's so much mystery in faith, but definitely it's not a simple, a simple step-by-step this time. Those three stages are knowing that we are inexhaustibly loved, reflecting that love within ourselves and towards God and then letting that love overflow into our community and beyond. So let me just be clear, it doesn't mean that you have to know that you're inexhaustibly loved fully before you can spread that love or reflect that love onto God. The three grow together simultaneously. So first, knowing that we are inexhaustibly loved. So we all bring our own unique gifts to bring this body into fullness of love. But in order to do this, I believe this passage in Ephesians is challenging us to take personal responsibility for our own spiritual growth and and maturity. Learning how God's love can impact each of us. After all, the scripture mentions work, not idle waiting or instant change. Song worship has the ability to help us mature in our faith once we discover the many ways that we can engage with it and acknowledge that our attitude towards song worship can either help or hinder this growth. As we grow in our worship on a Sunday, we must also learn how to worship and love God in private, in the quiet place and in our carved out wilderness, to begin to see ourselves as beloved, completely and inexhaustibly loved. To attempt to understand this inexhaustible divine love, we first look to God, both our father and our mother. Henry Nguyen writes in his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, should be up here. Um, this book has had a massive impact on my life so probably anytime you talk to me about faith I will bring up Henry 9 and I will bring up this book if you have not read it it is fantastic so I'm just going to read this little short extract about divine love the parable of the prodigal son is a story that speaks about a love that existed before any rejection was possible and that will still be there after all rejection has taken place it is the first an everlasting love of a God who is father as well as mother. It is the fountain of all true human love, even the most limited. Jesus' whole life and preaching had only one aim, to reveal this inexhaustible, unlimited, motherly and fatherly love of his God, and to show the way to let that love guide every part of our daily lives. In the painting of the Father, he offers me a glimpse of that love. It is the love that always welcomes home And always wants to celebrate so from that passage what I take from that personally is that we are always loved no maybes no exceptions always fully loved if we do not believe that we do not believe in grace these go hand in hand God's love is inexhaustible and I and you are inexhaustibly loved before you do or say anything This again has inspired a lot of my songwriting over the past two years with one lyric reading, you are love and love alone. You are for us, you won't let go. We often use that word in our daily lives. Some of my greatest hits are, I'd love an ice lolly, which happens a lot. I'd love a coffee, I love a pint. We use the word love all the time. Um, But worship spaces on a Sunday, though limited with regards to time, present opportunities for us to sit with this word love Do we believe that God is love? How does this affect how I see myself first and then others? These are really important questions and should be given space and thought as often as we are able. Um, We cannot and should not expect to do all of our own personal work on a Sunday. It's a big ask to understand ourselves as fully loved, but when we take time out to reflect on this, we begin to see God as a much bigger source, one that reaches further and wider than we could ever imagine, yet still listens to and delights in hearing from each daughter and son. So again, the God of the big and the God of the small. One frustration I often have with church and with myself personally, is that we have an immense ability to talk and to discuss, but we sometimes struggle to see practical growth in our everyday lives. So before I move on, as I'm sure you were expecting, I'm gonna give you some practical tips. Number one, carve out time to be with the divine, divine being love itself in God. Find your wilderness and become Jesus's apprentice, not just doing as he says, but living how he lived for me the biggest challenge in this is learning to live a life of retreat purposely taking time away to be with god away from busyness and chaos i genuinely believe that there is no excuse on this one for any person write it in your diary start small and set yourself up for a win i understand that we all have varying um lives of busyness but we can all um organize time in our day in order to be with love itself if we really believe that god is love we will make that time um, so start small yes and so an, an example for me was that i enjoy running but often again with my personality i'll try and you know like last year i ran every day of may and i tried to run as much as i could for as long as i could and it was all about achieving and getting further and getting um, more achievements along the way but i started by just running 15 minutes in the morning without music in order to spend time with Jesus, so exercise can be a really good way for you to fit that time in, but shifting your focus from gaining and achieving um, and just making it about being with yourself and being with Jesus. Um, when I got tired and distracted during running, I'd prayed out simple lines like, "God your love, show me your love today, and help me love more like you do." It doesn't have to be a week-long retreat, but nuggets of gold was in every day to be a peace. Um, number two was using meditation so to put it into context the idea of retreating is really hard for me I went on my first um, silent retreat and hated it so much I vomited <laughs> and decided that I'm allergic to retreating and um, I'm actually going on the one that was announced so hopefully take two will be a bit, a bit better but I find that over the last two years of practicing those small changes rather than going from never taking any time to myself to going away for a weekend. Um, I've taken those small nuggets every day to try and be um, more at home with myself and to understand God better. Meditation was an amazing way for this, and again, I hated it when I first started. Um, But I stuck with it, and during the meditations, I started with two-minute, three-minute meditations, again, setting ourselves up for a win. I let the anxious thoughts come, I let the distractions come, but with practice, these noisy voices faded, and I started to understand the value of myself, the value of my surroundings, the value of life itself, God's breath in everything around me. So, yeah. Um, I really understand that people will immediately be like, meditation is not for me, but I'm just really encouraging you to think about whether you can try that practice. Um, There's loads of different resources you can use. I use an app called Headspace, which is really good, and it does kind of guided meditations. Um, They're really, you can start two minutes, you can go up to 20 minutes, you know, you have that space to grow. Um, But I really encourage you to maybe try that this week. A song that I wrote recently has the lyric, may we be at home in our own house. Being at home in your own house means being comfortable with who you are rather than squirming at the thought of spending a day without talking to any other people. Um, This is exactly it. I lived my life for many years, hating my own company and just making excuses saying, no, I just don't like to be alone, I just like being around other people. Um, But that's actually not okay and that's not healthy. We need to learn how to be at home in our own house, to really know ourselves and therefore be proud of who we are. You are the only you. No one can replace you and no one can play your role. This is why One Body, Many Parts is such a powerful sermon series because we all have a role to play. No one else can love their neighbor quite like you love your neighbor. No one else can love God or know God quite like how you know and love God. And we have the joy and the pleasure to share our differences with one another. Um, Number three. Within song worship, we also have the ability to do personal work. So James and I were at a gig last year, um, a band called Leland, actually the singer who wrote um, Lion and the Lamb. Um, He spoke out about God wanting to hear your voice. So it goes back to that idea of you're the only you. God doesn't wanna only hear the musically trained voices. God doesn't wanna just hear the enthusiastic singers. Um, Because even if he has all of those people, he's still missing your individual voice. Worship has become a massive consumerist industry with worship leaders on pedestals, earning huge paychecks. But in spite of all of that, God delights in hearing your voice and no one else can imitate that. I truly believe that God delights in his daughters and his sons singing to him. It is the beauty of diversity. Once again, one body, many parts, all valuable. This time out to retreat, to meditate, and to understand the value of our voices will will enable us to learn more deeply of the God who is love, but it will also require us to love ourselves better. This time spent in the quiet will then overflow into our community as we use our voices in a worship space, both united as one voice, singing the truths of who God is, and in our own unique expression, pushing into who we were created to be. There is only one you, and God wants to hear from each of you. So our second step is about reflecting this love back onto God. Obviously you'll have nailed the first one. We all love ourselves and we understand God finally. So now we're gonna reflect that love back onto God. And this enables us to reflect this understanding of how we are loved back to God and song worship is a great environment to practice this. I think we often over-spiritualize worship But if we are able to practice prayer and practice reading the Bible, there is no reason why we should not also practice our posture towards God in song worship. Our bodies have a massive part to play in our approach to worship. And before anyone feels uncomfortable, I do not mean I want you all to raise your hands in the air every time I sing a worship song that is not success in our eyes and that is not success in God's eyes. But I really do believe that our physical response to praise and worship music can have a huge impact. I believe that we should choose to worship fully in both body, mind, and spirit. Um, And to do that is a decision and a response to God. Our choice to be open to the spirit of God, to move during a space created by song worship, will look different for every individual, and that's beautiful, I believe. It could be kneeling, it could be journaling, and if journaling is your thing, come to church with your journal ready to respond. Um, It could be arms raised, it could be loud singing or quiet personal prayers, spoken to God, each worthy and each a delight to God He loves to do life with you. And Damien Rice sings in a song, he says, come however you are, just come. So I think it's more about that attitude and making the decision to come and to respond. A massive lesson that I learned last a couple of years ago, when I went to a, a worship event with a friend. Every single song that was sung, he had his arm raised, he was singing out, he was clapping to no matter who was leading worship, no matter what the style of the worship was, he was 100% there. He was so full of confidence and boldness and always seemed intimately connected to Jesus. And I wanted some of that. I asked him, how come you're always so into the worship, no matter what the style or the song? And I have not forgotten his response, and I believe that it can be really helpful for us today. He said that he responded that way because it was first a choice to do so. He stopped folding his arms and listening like an audience member being entertained. He chose each time to respond. This meant that he was able to engage and communicate with love itself at every opportunity. And this has deeply impacted how I worship. I have always felt intimately connected to God when leading worship, but I often get distracted as a member of the congregation But this experience has completely changed um, how I respond in the congregation. Each time I'm at church or at an event, I choose to have my hands by my sides. And so I don't mean like mental, I mean more. Just like this, very simple. I decided to be present, fully present in the moment. I often notice that maybe in the middle of the worship after I've made that commitment, my arms will be back crossed kind of as a vision of covering over my heart and covering over a response to God. But each time I did that, I just prayerfully dropped them again, recommitting every single time to be fully present in the moment. I now decide to engage, to listen, and to step out in boldness. And boldness doesn't mean arms in the air. Boldness can just mean this, coming to God your Father, open to receive. Um, As we remember, that we are fully loved. We stop being so hard on ourselves, just as every morning God's mercies are new, and we choose to be born again and again and again as a new creation each day. So we remember that we are children on a journey, being led by a very patient and loving parent. This is why I pray out the same prayer every time I lead. God, you are ever present always, so we choose to be present to you. So from these two steps, we then move into our overflow into the community. The third step leads us into community building. As we understand God's love and begin to love ourselves, we are then much more equipped to love each other. This has been a really big part of my journey as a worship pastor here at Holy Trinity. I lived my, you'll be shocked to hear this, I lived my teenage years as a very sarcastic person, um, probably not fully understanding the impact that my words have had. Um, I reflected then later later on in Ephesians 5. It says, do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. This is a key part of our worship vision, both for the team and for our community as a whole, that we would shamelessly encourage one another, speaking life over each other, not vague encouragement. Rather, we need to be seeking out kingdom-building traits in those around us, and we need to go out of our way to speak truth and to speak goodness over one another. Um, a couple of examples from my team. So we've had Mark and Dillis um, growing up in their their leadership um, to lead us in worship, and they lead with both authenticity and vulnerability. We have also got Joe on our team, who is always so enthusiastic. I'm sure you'll have seen that when he even makes announcements on a Sunday. And We have Scott Hill, who is always so quick to respond to my emails, but also always has a word of encouragement at the end, which is so um, life-building for me. These words of life build us up, and they are contagious. When you are encouraged, you want to pass that on to somebody else. We need more of this in our community. And it's not to say we don't have lots of encouraging words in our community, but we can always have more of that. I also believe that this can be practiced. Practicing encouragement and kindness can be as simple as choosing one person a week to send a message asking how they are. And I mean, not like normally in church culture, we'll text someone being like, oh, would you do this? Would you be able to do this? Like, we'd love to have you. But actually just texting someone to see how their week is going, I think can be really impactful. Um, we can practice by thanking someone on the welcome team for making you feel really at home. Or we really... What I'm trying to say is that it can be in the everyday, but it does also take um, committing to being that type of person. We do actually have to seek out those kingdom building things. And instead of, I find, if I've really loved a sermon, James and I will chat about how much I love the sermon, but I don't know if that message of encouragement ever makes it to the person who actually put the work in and and did the the talk. So really trying to encourage people um, as best we can and as often as we can. To conclude, let me say clearly now, You do not need to be in a good place with God to worship. You don't need to be able to sing in tune to worship. James is an excellent example of that. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to know the songs well, or to have good rhythm, or to be beside your friends to worship. You don't need to feel happy to worship. And if worship doesn't make you feel happy or uplifted afterwards, that's also okay. Worship spaces created in church are to, are to encourage you to feel it all. No emotion is inappropriate and no physical expression is off the table. God is present in it all. This is why worship is beautiful and messy. It is both an expression of our individual heart in all of its complexity and a declaration as one body as we hold one another up above the waves of life. Like I said, we may be singing out truths when other people around us are really struggling to see God. As we get to know God as love and learn more and more of how this love can impact how we view ourselves and our world around us, I believe we will be more capable of ensuring that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So as a response to this, um, last year I carved out a vision for our church, for the worship in our church, and for the worship in our community. So if you'd like to close your eyes, I'm going to just pray over the vision for um, worship and Holy Trinity over each of you um, before we go into our final reflection song. So first, our vision for the church. Our vision for worship is to have our private cry to Jesus overflow into our church community and beyond. Our vision is to find intimacy with God through cultivating space for the Holy Spirit to speak, speak to us and to guide us. We believe that we should worship in both spirit and in truth, knowing that we are beloved daughters and sons of God. And the vision for our team. We are called to love each other deeply. We believe our team should build one another up with encouragement, using our words to bring life. We believe that it is an honor and a responsibility to lead worship, and so we bring our best, seeking excellence rather than perfection together we are committed to following this vision god is calling us to as a team amen